Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah, baby. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome to the Michael Dukes Show. Welcome to the 6 o'clock club. Uh, For those of you who are here with me officially in the 6 o'clock hour, you can... Officially slap that badge on your chest uh, that you are a member of the, I mean, it it offers nothing but bragging rights, but uh, welcome to it and welcome to the club. It is uh, that early morning time when uh, you uh, warriors get up and uh, start talking about and thinking about your day and taking a look at all the issues that are surrounding us and uh, fingers crossed that we give you some good stuff to think about today as we try and do every day here on the program. And uh, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to a great day of discussions, talk, commentary, and more. Uh, oh, more. So more. So much more. Uh, so anyway, good morning. Uh, good morning and uh, welcome to it. Um, all right. Let was, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's take a look at what is coming up today. So this morning, this bright and rainy morning, this is like 30. Yesterday it was like 24 degrees. Today it's like almost 40. It's like 37, 38 degrees and raining slash snowing. Uh, so we're trying to, I'm trying to figure out trying to figure out exactly what's going on around here. Um, <clears throat> but today we're going to continue a little bit on our discussions from yesterday, which was uh, you know kind of a recap of some of the local elections from around the state. And, um, you know, uh, an after action review, a, a postmortem of, uh, of what went right, what went wrong, and what we can do about it. That's kind of what it all comes down to. What can we do? I mean, we can talk about it all day long, but what, what, do, what, do, what kind of action do we have to, at, you know, like information without action is entertainment, right? It's, uh, Chris, uh, um, um, Chris Lytle, uh, who's a sales trainer says that a lot, you know, that, uh, education or information without action is just basically entertainment. And so we've got all the information and I mean, not that I'm against entertaining you, don't get me wrong, but we have to take action. We have to do something, uh, if we want things to change. And so we want to, uh, you know, we, we want to know what exactly should be going on. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about that this morning uh, with a little bit of, uh, again, after action review and uh, more discussions uh, on local elections. So, you know, kind of what should we learn from this and what should we do differently? Because let's face it, we're <clears throat> we're kind of in a, we're in a battle for our communities. Right. And I am not one to say that people who are on the political opposite end of the political spectrum from us are trying to 
destroy us. I know some people out there feel that way, that it's some kind of evil overarching plot where somebody's stroking their mustache and saying, you know, that they're I just think that, you know, there's people who have a difference of opinion. They believe that life would be better if, um, you know, we all kumbaya held hands and let the government do everything for us. Um, and uh, th- that's just what their belief is. So I believe we need more of a balance. And we've been losing that battle in many places um, in areas where I don't believe that we should. And so what do we learn from these elections and how do we change it? And that's going to lead over to some discussions about the Charter of Changes, which is our but my plan. Uh, it's my my talking points for when I look to see what do I think needs to change to make Alaska better. Uh, that's the that's kind of that's where I end up at. That's where I go to say if, if I was going to do things, if I was going to change some things that I think would make Alaska better, what would those things be? And so we're going to talk about that. There's four four different planks, four different points, bullet points on the Charter of Changes. And so we're going to talk about whether or not a fifth plank should be added to that. And we will discuss that and talk about the charter and kind of go over it and maybe get some of your input as well. And we'll see what's uh, what 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 it looks like. So we're um, that's that's the end of the day. So there we go. Uh, Anthony just said the opposite wing, the people on the opposite side of the political fence, isn't trying to destroy us. We're Coca-Cola people. They're Pepsi. And at the end of the day, we both enjoy a good brown soda. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Now, I know some people. How do I how do I say this? I know some people, again, come in and because I've seen the comments in the chat room, people just pop into the chat room and immediately start, you know, frothing at the mouth about the communist libtards and the thing. I just, I, I, first of all, I don't like the pejoratives. Uh, I may not disagree. I may not agree with somebody, and I may, I may vehemently disagree with their policies or anything else. But again, I just don't think that it's some kind of evil plot. I think people just believe different things, and if we can't find some common ground somewhere in the middle to work with these, this is where we're getting this polarization and divisiveness that we're seeing across the country, where if you don't agree with me, you're evil. If you don't agree with me, I want to burn your house down kind of thing. I mean, that's it, it, that's not a real uh, Facebook. That's not a real thing. OK, I'm sorry. I'm just saying using it as an example of kind of this extreme reaction that we see. Um, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight back. It just means that we shouldn't make it uh, ad hominem, a personal. We shouldn't hate. They should love one another. Right. Love one another, even when you misunder, when you don't understand each other, you know, people are people. And yes, some things that people believe, you know, for example, you know, like on abortion, like that, it's okay to kill a child. I could vehemently disagree. It doesn't mean that I hate them. It means that I believe that they are fundamentally wrong. I mean, just brazenly wrong in that instance. But it doesn't mean that I am going to hate them. I'm called, in fact, I'm called not to hate them, right? I mean, isn't that what, isn't that what the, the book thing says, is not to hate them? So we've got to find a way to, we've got to find a way to set some of this vitriol aside. And all joking aside, because I use humor a lot of times to point out differences between people and things like that. Even, you know, probably some of my joking goes too far in some ways, not pointing out hate, but maybe in mockery. 
but that's how I deal with that's how I deal with things like frustration and stress and things like that. So it's but but again, never with never with hate. There's got to be there there's got to be some kind of common ground found in all those things. So anyway, we're gonna talk about all that in this first hour. Wow, so that's gonna be a it's gonna be a big deep topic for hour one. Then in hour two, we are going to have a discussion with uh, Tammy Wilson, who um, was uh, who ran for re-election in the interior on the assembly and was uh, defeated. Um, now, interestingly enough, going over some of the numbers uh, from yesterday, uh, and we, again, we were looking at where's my where's my spreadsheet? I've got a spreadsheet here. Uh, you know, talking about the different, uh, borough, uh, seats, um, seat D, which was Tammy's seat. Um, she was, uh, it was 52 to 46, which is not even really close. Right. Interestingly enough, there's still 3000 uncounted ballots. The, then that is absentee ballots and question ballots and things like that. It's a near impossibility, but it's interesting to see that if the if the ballots that they have remaining break the way that they did on Election Day, which absentee ballots have a tendency to break more about what it was on Election Day versus early voting ballots. Statistically, she could she could she could close that gap pretty darn close. That would be that would be interesting to watch. But we're not going to I mean, that's not what I'm that's not what I'm saying is going to happen. But I, I'm always interested to see what the absentee and the question ballots do in the end. But when it's all said and done, we're going to have a talk with Tammy about what went right, what went wrong, how, you know, how is this how is this possible that you could possibly lose? And then we're going to you know, maybe talk about some of the changes that uh, need to happen to bring things kind of back on track. Uh, I mean, for two years now, we've had kind of a balanced assembly up in the interior for the first time in quite a while. And and interestingly enough, they were able to stop some very dangerous things in my mind. I mean, things that were that were antithetical to my ideal of free markets and freedom and just being left alone and, you know, letting people do what they want to do. So um, that is going to be an hour two. We'll talk with Tammy Wilson and we'll get we'll get the full we'll get the full rundown from her. So we'll uh, we'll do that. Um, and so that should be an interesting convo uh, coming up and uh, stop the you know, you know. Uh, so anyway, let's uh, it's lazy but effective to vilify your opposition, says Anthony. It negates any need to find common ground when they're your enemy. And that's uh, you're right. And it's you know what? They've honed this to a fine point. Anthony, boy, Anthony and I are sharing a brain this morning um, because he's he's exactly right. And this is what over the course of the last 15 or 20 years has become. Um, more and more common. And, and interestingly enough, it started out with the left doing that. And then slowly but surely, the right has slowly adopted the same type of attitude and tactics. And that's what's disturbing. That's kind of what's disturbing to me because in my mind, um, well, first of all, in my mind, when the left was doing it, I felt like we had the moral high ground because we weren't doing that. 
right? The conservative side. And I'm, and I'm not a Republican. I'm a liberal. And so I'm, I'm not going to just label it as Democrats and Republicans because there's a vast swath of people who don't identify as any of those things, but they still follow, feel along that, they fall along that spectrum uh, in the philosophy of, you know, more conservative versus more liberal or progressive, you know? So, but I mean, I, I had that moral high ground moment of, well, you know, uh, I don't, no, I don't think you should burn in hell. I, I just think that you, that you're wrong and that I disagree with you on some, let me point out some salient points, even though you say that I'm evil and I just want to kill children or I just want, you know, whatever invective or kind of, uh, you know, hyperbole that they want to throw at you. But then slowly but surely I saw members of the, you know, prominent members of the more conservative side start to do exactly the same thing to vilify. And to make them the enemy, to make them the outlier group, the they, you know, once when you when you start to, uh, you know, put a label on somebody like that and label them as a they or an outlier, it's almost like it's a D. It, well, it is. It's dehumanization of those people. Right. And, and so that they're no longer they're They're doing everything they can to sever the connections of common ground that you may have. And so that that's really part of the point of that. And when people on the right started doing it, I was like, what? We're supposed to have, we're supposed to be better than that. We're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, you secular humanists and people who have more of a religious or spiritual side. We're supposed to be better than that. And yet you start to emulate what's going on over there. How is that helping? And first of all, not just how is it helping the cause, how is that helping your heart or your spirit when you have that nugget of hate or anger or rage in your, how is that helping? And that is, that is part of the problem. And pretty soon, this idea that the polar opposites were basically at each other's throats and at war and were enemies of each other and everything else, it became, instead of becoming something that was just, you know, happened now and then, it became the the norm, the common thing. It was just like, this is what it was everywhere. And it's frustrating to watch, especially when I don't have hate in my heart for anybody. And all I want to do is, all I want to do is have conversations. Even if we disagree, I still want to have conversations about it. Anyway, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. So let's, let's, let's jump in on this and get things uh, rolling. Going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll start talking about this and we're going to revisit the charter of changes and everything else and all that. So let's, uh, let's continue. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio, The Michael Luke Show. Back with more right after this. Okay, man, Anthony and I are sharing a brain this morning here. 
The problem, Mike, is that the norm has shifted to extreme polarized opposition of each other. The loudest voices are the ones on the furthest fringes of each spectrum. Because those of, us, uh, those of us in the middle are hesitant to take direct fire from two directions. And that's the thing. We have become the outlier group. Those of us, I mean, I'm, I'm conservative, but I'm also a libertarian conservative, which basically means I don't believe it's my right to tell you how to live your life. Now, I have my own beliefs, and if, if you'd like, I'll share those beliefs with you. But I don't believe that I should use the power of the state to enforce my beliefs on you. Right. I don't agree with, you know, gay marriage or some of these other things. It's not something that I in my own belief system believe in, but I don't believe that it should be on me to have the government come down and round you up because you believe in something like that. That, it, you know, as long as it's not hurting me and as long as I'm not paying for it and as long as you're not forcing it down my throat, you're the one that has to live with those kind of consequences in the afterlife or whatever, at the judgment seat, however you want to put it. I just believe that I should, you know, here I am. I'm being an example. I'm talking about what I believe. I should love you regardless of what your choices are because that's what I'm commanded to do. And I believe life is better that way. But when you've got both sides screaming at each other and you're kind of in this middle of, you know, yeah, it is the extreme polarization, and that's what gets the clicks, right? That's what gets the news. That's what gets the ratings is that, you know, somebody says one thing extreme and somebody on the other side has to say something even more extreme to get the same amount of press. And then everybody's talking about it, and it's it's not <laughs> it's not healthy. That's what I'm saying. It's not healthy. Yeah, I know. I didn't have any coffee this morning. I was in a hurry, all right? I was in a hurry. Oh, all right. Brian had his pants on wrong. How do you do that? How do you put your pants on wrong? I mean, when you wear sweatpants every day, like, hey, you can't do it wrong. It's just, I'm kidding. I'm not wearing sweatpants. I'm not wearing any pants. Uh, all right. Um, go back up here. Um, let me go over here to see what else is going on. Um, Oh, I, I sorry, I missed these previous comments. That's why he was talking about his pants. Brian, good morning. You're a little late. Uh, pants on straight, and then jokes on you. Says Anthony, his pants don't even get on until the second segment of the show. I see how it is. I mean, that's that's I could see that. It's good. Um, <laughs> man, you guys are great this morning. You guys are great. I don't want to talk about it. TMI. It's a joke, people. My gosh, you guys are all... I'm actually wearing pants this morning. That's how I am. No, I'm not going to show you, but I'm wearing pants. Okay, it's backwards day, says Amy. Um, David says... It's an interesting comment. Not sure we have two extremes politically. It may seem so when the left has gone hard left. It's all relative. What we have... What we had as values in the past are now extreme compared to what the left values. Um, I, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I agree with that, David. I'm not sure that I agree with that. Um, maybe the whole spectrum has shifted a little bit. 
But the reactionary, you know, the, the thing the, the thing that happens with the reactions on this is as the left goes more extreme, by the way, I agree in part with what uh, we talked about yesterday with Mike Schauer, is that as the left goes harder left, um, they have a, you know, they're, they're reaching a kind of a critical mass point where they're alienating some of their own, some of their own followers. And you're starting to see some cracks and some divisions on the left in that regard. But the knee-jerk reaction a lot of times as things go further left is that somebody on the right has to go even further right to explain some of those things or to push back or to get the same amount of press. And that's not that's not good either. I don't want the government telling me what to – I don't want the government telling me anything. That's my thing. I don't care what – I mean, whatever it is. I don't want the government telling me anything. We're going to – we're going to keep talking about this. This is a fun topic. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. The Michael Duke Show. Proudly splitting the left versus right uh, dichotomy. Yeah, I had to look that word up too. I don't think it means what he thinks it means. Here he is though. That guy. Michael Dukes. The one with the show. Okay, um, a lot of interesting talk in the chat room this morning uh, about some of the things that we're talking about. David Boyle says, not sure that we have two extremes politically, because I was just talking about the two political extremes, you know, basically shouting at each other and calling each other enemies and wishing each other dead. I mean, that's hyperbole. Facebook, don't get mad at me. Uh, but that's, you know, he said that it may seem so when the left has gone hard left, it's all relative. What we had as values in the past are now ext- extreme compared to what the left values. And to some point, I mean, I can see what you're saying that when you when you maintain your stance that may have been like a right of center stance and then the whole spectrum moves on you and all of a sudden you're out on the extreme, I can see kind of what you're saying. But the problem is, is that it's not just people remaining where they were and then the entire spectrum shifting in one direction. It's the fact that while there are many on the left who are pushing right off to the fringes and out to the edges of all this stuff, and you may be remaining and now find yourself in the there are people who are even out there beyond you talking about, uh, uh, you know, some of this stuff. And, and I just, again... I want to be able to have a conversation about these things. I want to be able to have a a discussion in the realm of facts, not feelings, right? That it is hard, verifiable facts, uh, you know, talking about philosophies and things like this and be able at the end to, even if we don't agree with each other, to at least be civil and amicable about it. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's a really... I mean, this is a really this is a really kind of deep topic when you get into it, because it's what we're facing every day in the news media. And uh, one of the things that I did about 15 years ago was that I unplugged myself from in many ways. I, I still read. I still read stories. I still read the news. I still do all that. But I mean, I was one of those people that was plugged into the system. You know what I mean? Like I was a junkie, like, 
It was always news. It was all the time. I'd go home and I'd have the news of whatever station, Fox or CNN or MSNBC on. I would be, I mean, I just, it was, it was just what I would do. And it was, I, I literally was just sipping from the cup of all these different, I was seeing this, this extreme left and right kind of uh, headlines and vitriol, and it was tearing me up inside. It was just, it really was, um, it was really I, I, kind of damaging to myself. And I made a decision at one point uh, because I, and I, I've told this story before, but I made this decision um, because my wife came to me. Now, again, this is 15 years ago and my kids were still pretty young, right? I mean, my oldest would have been, my oldest would have been uh, 13, 14. And that would have make, that'd make my youngest two. <laughs> But, uh, you know, my wife came to me at one point and took me aside and said, you're angry. You're angry all the time. And the kids feel your anger. And, I'm, of course, I wasn't angry at them, but she said, you're just, you're just angry. And I had, to do some, I had to do some analysis of, I'm a happy guy. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm angry? Um, you know, I mean, what? I'm a happy guy. Why, why would this, you know, why? And, and I came to the conclusion that I was, that was when I came to the conclusion that there were the, of that old, what's the old Irish serenity prayer. God grant me the wisdom to, or the, the, you know, to understand the things that I can control, the things that I can't control and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's when it really, that really came to me. And I was like, can't really do anything about that. Can I? I can watch and I can get all down in the weeds and I can just bathe in all the muck and the filth of this left, right, back and forth and, you know, all this national stuff. But what can I really do about it? And that's when I kind of had that epiphany of I can't fix that. I mean, I can I can try and talk about it and influence it and do something in generalities. But how much effort goes into moving that needle, even a micrometer? Right. I mean, how much how much just, you know, versus what I can change here in. My local community, the state, you know, things that I I could have a difference in. And that's when I stopped and unplugged from. Um, pretty much all that stuff. Now, I still read stories. I still read stories today from various outlets. And new, I mean, because part of my job is to do that. I'll be honest, if I didn't have to. No, I'd lie because I'd still I'm still interested in some of the takes on it, but I'm not in it 24 uh, seven. Right. Um, yeah. MSNBC. Somebody Kyle says MSNBC. Really, Mike? Yeah. I mean, I watched a little bit of everything. Fox News, MSNBC, CNN. I was watching all of them because what I found fascinating is while somebody would take the same story and they would run it from different, you know, Fox News had one take on it. MSNBC had a totally different take on it. Sure. You know what I mean? And then, of course, the prevalence of social media and everything else that's coming out there. There was a lot of stuff to get into. Um, anyway, it's, uh, <clears throat> it, it's, an, it's an interesting conundrum. But here we are today. Um, we, we need to... We need to reassess what we're doing. 
Um, because right now, the folks in the more progressive side of the scale, the folks on the left, are doing a bang-up job. They're doing, I mean, you cannot, you cannot criticize the job they're doing in these elections, um, you know, where they are coming together. They're kumbayaing. They're holding hands. They're getting their special interests out there. Um, their financiers and their cash cow networks are doing well in putting money into these different races, you know, critical races in many ways. Um, and and they're doing they're doing a good job. And we need to figure out how we do it. How, how do we how do we compensate for that? So um, let's you know, we're, we're going to we're going to analyze that and we're going to talk about that. Uh, back here three or four years ago, I came up with something, you know, I was thinking one day and I was like, you know, what if, if I had, cause I use that question sometimes with politicians, like if I was King for a day and had a magic wand and just made you King for a day, what would you change? And so one day I turned that question on myself and said, you know, what, what, if you could just fundamentally smite down on from on high and say, what would you change? What would those things be? And that was the beginning of the Charter of Changes, which is, uh, again, a uh, just a list of things that I think could bring Alaska to a better place. And so that's where it kind of all started. And I started off with four separate things on the Charter of Changes. And I wrote this, <laughs> man, I, I had some hubris. The solution to save Alaska for future generations is what I wrote on the top of this. Um, and cause that was kind of, how would I, how would, if I was going to fix things in the, how would I do it? So I put four things up there that were the changes that I thought would be important. Changing the players because, you know, we had a lot of people in there that had been in the legislature for years um, and, uh, you know, a lot of mindsets that I didn't agree with. And I felt like we needed to encourage and bring more people on board to change those players out and, uh, and to talk about it. Now, in hindsight, changing the players is still a good plan, but that, that change was a bit simplistic because, it's created what we kind of what we have today. We've changed out over 30% of the legislative seats since we first started talking about changing the players. We've changed, we've changed out about 30, 32%. I think Rob, Rob did the math one day. Rob Myers did the math one day. Something like 32, 35% of the players. And yet we still are facing some of the same problems because we've got, um, because we've got, a bunch of old guard in there that know how to work the system and their people are kind of happy with them. They come from more liberal districts, more centrist districts, and they're just happy. So, you know, so while changing the players is a good idea, it does have its flaws because it does not address how we deal with people who are in districts where their constituents will just, they're just happy to send them back. Uh, then we talked about changing the venue I think this is still an excellent idea. I don't know if it will ever logically happen. By changing the venue, I mean moving the legislative sessions themselves, not the Capitol, not the, you know, not moving the body of government or doing anything else, 
but just to hold the session or at least the majority of the sessions somewhere on the road system where average Alaskans can participate without having to mortgage their house to do it, without having to sell off their children or do whatever to be able to afford to go to the Capitol. Um, I mean, and there's been several bills over the last five or six years to do something like that. Because I think that the system of governance that is closest to the people, and in many times I mean physically closest to the people, where they can participate and it doesn't operate in a vacuum. It doesn't operate where only special interests and lobbyists can afford to come down and look your legislators in the eyes. I think that's important. I think that's hugely important. I can tell you the number of times that I've sat in an assembly chamber and had people go up there and person after person testify on something and you see the look in their face. You see the emotion. You see them directly. That changes if they're sending an email or talking to you on the phone or whatever. People need to be involved. The problem is, is that most people can't afford a $3,000 you know, ticket, hotel, travel money, everything else to go down and talk about a specific bill. Whereas in almost every other state in the nation, I guess with the exception of Hawaii, people can climb in a vehicle and drive to their capital and talk to their legislators directly. And then we're going to talk, then we talk about changing the rules. And there were three rules specifically that I was talking about. Number one was the binding caucus. Still just totally flabbergasted that we continue to run with this binding caucus idea that somehow that's the only way that business can get done in a state legislature, even though we are the only state legislature in the country that utilizes it. In some states, it's actually illegal and unconstitutional. But here we are. But we should be changing that that binding caucus rule. We should eliminate that. Does it allow for messier nego- Sure, absolutely. But nobody said that it was supposed to be easy. Nobody said the legislative process is intentionally messy so that it slows it down so you don't get steamrolled. That was part of what was part of why it works this way. The second change was the Open Meetings Act that there should be no closed door meetings just like that for any assembly or city council or any other I mean any other body down to 3 people. There shouldn't be Uh, an Open Meetings Act uh, exemption for the legislator. That's But that's what they did. They wrote these heavy-duty laws for every other body in the state and then exempted themselves. That's just, that's just, it's not right. And then the conflict of interest rule needs to be changed. Well, we can't, we'd we'd lose expert subject matter. We'd do a Man, you can get yourself some experts on a subject. You don't need them to be in the thing and then benefiting uh, uh, from from whatever vote that they took. That is just, it just feels greasy, right? Between the Open Meetings Act and the Conflict of Interest Rules, it just feels greasy. So that's a change that we need to talk about. And then finally, changing the funding, which I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but basically moving the funding from projections on oil revenues in the future to instead utilizing past revenue as a measuring stick for starting your budget. So like a five or 10 year rolling average of what you've received as revenue over the last two years, 10 years as a starting point for your budget, instead of looking at your pie in the sky projections for what's happening next year. Um, 
that may or may not change. I don't know. We, it, it needs to, but it's the, it's the, you know, the least likely of all the things to change on this list. That's probably the least likely. So the question is, do we need to add something more? Do we need to add a fifth plank to the charter of changes? And um, I'm thinking that maybe that is the case. We might need to talk about that. So we're going to continue with this in just a moment. Uh, Tammy Wilson is our guest coming up after the top of the hour. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. Uh. <laughs> Jim and Jack. Jim says, social media has made it so someone can say whatever they want without getting punched in the face. Our species isn't ready yet. I mean, that, you know, it, it, the anonymity of the Internet makes cowards bold, right? I mean, I've said that for a long time. That's exactly it right there. The anonymity of the Internet makes cowards bold. Uh, you are 100%. You are 100% correct on that, my friend. I should change some of this around here a little bit and so I could see what's going on. All right. There we go. How about that? How how about that? Cash me outside. Um uh Donna said <laughs> Donna says she's not wearing pants either. She's wearing shorts. She clarifies she's wearing shorts. She also recommended um Thomas Soul's Social social justice fallacies. Facts are better than opinions and fears. Thomas Sowell is amazing. He is amazing. Uh, okay. Whew. I'm on a roll this morning. Yeah, I think I am on a roll this morning. Something that I care deeply about. Something that I believe in. Something that I, I just would love in my heart of heart to fix. And, and then Robert pops into the room and Robert, do you even read the chat room before you start, before you start commenting on stuff? I mean, I love your comments sometimes, but sometimes you just come in like so far, like you, you didn't even read what was, you're not even listening to the show. You just come in and like, boom, borders and, and commie government. And again, this is kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, w w read the room, my friend, see what we're talking about. Melody, thank you. Melody uh, gives me the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's exactly kind of what I was thinking about. Like, I, I need to understand the things that I can't change. Why was I so angry? Why was I so agitated? Because there were things that, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I keep thinking and hoping that I can make a difference, but it wasn't happening and nothing was changing. And boom, there you go. Um, 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, let's see. Um, you can get experts for free, said Brian. Just ask the internet. The fifth plank. One they can walk. Um, the left uses, continues to use rules for radicals by Saul Alinsky. It's very hard to play nice when our opponents don't. That's true. It does. I mean, it is tempting to get down into the mud, but what, who was it? George Bernard Shaw? That basically, was it? No, it wasn't George Bernard Shaw. Basically, he said, you know, don't ever wrestle with a pig because you go both get filthy and pretty soon you realize that the pig likes it, enjoys it. Yes, I know it's very hard sometimes not to get drugged down into the mud and do that. But pretty soon you realize you're playing right into their game. You're playing right into their game, right into their hands. Um, dang. Um, uh, no wind up in, uh, no wind, uh, oh, Kevin's up in Fairbanks. What does, what do you mean change the funding? Uh, changing the funding is changing the way that we write the budget. So instead of basing a budget based on fall, you know, revenue forecast, spring revenue forecast, instead of trying to prognosticate and project ahead as to what we think the oil is going to do in the next 24 months or 18 months or whatever it is that they look at and build a budget based on our guesswork. What we should do is base a budget on a five or 10 year rolling average of what we have received in the last five or 10 years. That will give you a truer baseline of where you could start the budget at instead of this pie in the sky. And that what really got me is when, for example, Sean Parnell as governor was writing a budget that was based on $115 a barrel oil that they'd gotten from the fall revenue forecast when we knew already in the spring that oil had plummeted and it was down somewhere in the high 70s or something, mid to high 70s. And he had based a budget on $115 a barrel and they were discussing that budget in the legislature. Like, that's insanity. That's that's insanity. Um. We need to add increased participation in the charter of changes. We cannot continue making such a small percentage of voters making decisions. Yes. And I think that is, I think, we, I think we'll continue to, to, I think what we're going to talk about next is going to hear snowing in Wasilla. Ooh, it's not, it wasn't snowing here, but, uh, mm. um, that's the irony, says Anthony. You don't have to wrestle the pig when all you want to do is talk to the farmer. Good point. Good point. All right. Uh, here we go. We're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, welcome back to the program. Continuing now our discussions on the Charter of Changes. 
with a recap of what's happened in the uh, with a recap of what's happened in the legislature. Uh, excuse me, in the local elections. I apologize. The local elections and kind of what can we do to change it? And so the question is, do we add a fifth plank to the charter of changes? Should I open this up to a convention of the charter? And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, and I and I touched on this yesterday as a potential thing that we need to work on. And I'm sure it's something that we're going to be talking about for um, a while here in the foreseeable future. So you got change the players, change the venue, change the rules, and change the funding. And again, somebody asked me in the chat room, uh, David asked, you know, what, what do you mean by changing the funding? Change the way that we formulate the budget. So that we're not do, basing it on guesswork of what we think the oil prices are going to do over the next 12 to 18 months, but instead look at back at what we've received over the last five or 10 years to get a better baseline. So hopefully that makes sense to you, David. And hopefully I was clear on exactly what I meant by that. So the final question becomes, okay, so if we're going to add a fifth plank to this chart of changes, what... Um, it, what should it be, especially in light of what just happened? Um, what just happened with elections? And so I think that the, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of issues that happened yesterday. And again, kudos to the to the Democrats for getting out for for again, working together smartly to kumbaya to get their motivate their base to gather their funds and their and their bankroll people and to, to put the money in and do congratulations on all that. They did a great job. Did a great job on all that. Now, the question is though how do we counter it? And I think the biggest change that could happen after of all the things that we talked about. I mean, you could change campaign finance laws, you could change you could tr attempt to change, you know, whether or not, you know, the influence of PACs or independent expenditures and, you know, but then you got Citizens United. There's a lot of stuff wrapped up in all that. What is the single biggest change? And we hit on it yesterday. The single biggest change that we could affect is to align all the elections onto a single day. Local, municipality, borough, state, national, all the elections fall on one day. Why? Well, economically, it makes sense. I mean, if you are doing, if, you know, the, the cost of doing an election for everything has got to be, to be incrementally larger than doing it separately, which is exponentially larger. Meaning you have to do the same thing for a small, I mean, it just makes no sense. And somebody said, called yesterday or somebody in the chat room said yesterday, the day before that, uh, that they had talked to the city clerk about it. And the city clerk said, oh no, we couldn't change. That'd be way too expensive. Why would it be way too expensive? You're already doing all this stuff for the general election. You would just add more people to the same ballot, add more pages to the ballot. You'd only have to do it one day. You'd only have to get it set up one day. You'd only have to hire election workers and volunteers one day. You'd only have to do the count one time instead of multiple times. 
And it would be less confusing for many of the less engaged or less involved electorate who just want to participate once and get it done. So, I, I got to say, I think it makes sense. Now, would it be advantageous for the conservatives? Yes, because historically, as you look at it uh, out there, that conservatives come out more in a general election than they do in a special or off-day election. And I do remember one, it was, was it the two years, whatever, when we had like election, 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 it was all the special elections and it was the ranked choice voting and it was the this, and there was like four elections in the summer, you know, from the summer into the fall. And people are like, my God, haven't I voted enough? I mean, people are actually like, I, is there another vote? Now you may have a primary and then you may have a general, but at least have all the elections, non-primary elections, generalized on one spit. You should just make the first Tuesday in November, that is election day. Now, you, you obviously, I don't think you can do this nationally. I mean, this would be a huge, well, maybe you could. It would just be a huge lift. But let's get it here done in Alaska. They did it in the Matsu. They aligned because their, 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 their uh, uh, borough elections were in October with the, with the municipal elections, and this would align everything so that they took place in November. They did a citizen's petition, and they got it on, and they got it passed. The cities are still in October. Maybe the cities will decide to change. I don't know. Maybe they'll need encouragement to decide to change. So change the players, change the venues, change the rules, change the funding, change the voting day. Change the election? What should we say? Change the voting day? I think it needs to be, and ben, I think Ben Carpenter had it right when he said, we know when Memorial Day is. We know when Labor Day is. We know when the 4th of July is. We know what those are supposed to signify. Why don't we have a voting day? Now, I'm kind of torn on the whole idea of whether or not we should um, have a national or a state holiday for voting. I mean... Let's get real. It takes 10 minutes to vote, 15, 20 minutes maybe of your day to vote. If you can't carve out 20 minutes of one day every two years or whatever it is to go out and vote, you may have a priority problem, right? So do we need a whole day? I, I, I you know, because I, I'm still going to have to work. Right. I mean, every there's still going to be a bunch of people. that. So I don't know if it should be. But maybe I, you know, I'm ambivalent about that. I guess I'll say I'm ambivalent about that. But we need to change the fact that that there's all these different. I mean, somebody came on the program yesterday in the chat room and said, I didn't I'm down on the he's first. He joined the chat room. He said, hey, hello from the peninsula. And then he starts listening. And about two minutes later, he goes, I didn't even know it was Election Day yesterday. Uh. What? What? Change the process, says DeShana. Eh, I think that's a little broad. I think it has to be change the election day. Maybe change the day. You know, we're, we're kind of, you know, change the players. We got, a, we got a theme going on here. It's a one-word thing. Change the players, change the venue, change the rules, change the funding. Change the day. Change the day that we vote. Make it 
and solidify it as one day a year. That's the day you do your duty. I did a duty. I did the duty that you know that on October or that in November, uh, the Tuesday in November, that is your day to do your duty. I mean, that's what we, I think this is a change that needs to happen. Uh, I think that's a change that needs to happen. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, I'll, folks in the chat room, you guys should vote if you think that changing the day is a good option. And maybe you could send me an email. Me at MichaelDukeShow.com if you have thoughts on this and want to talk about this. I got to send Tammy, uh, I got to send Tammy the link to the show this morning. I forgot to do, I just realized I forgot to do that. Tammy Wilson's going to be joining us here in just a minute. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Send me an email. Let me know. We'll be back right after this. Right, I was just uh, changing this. Uh, this is one reason why I love Jefferson so much. Charlie says in his quote here, Thomas Jefferson said that we don't have a government ruled by the majority, but one ruled by the majority of those who participate. And you're 100% right. We need to engage that. We need to be part of that. Um, we need mailed notification of election days, especially when they don't send out our pamphlets, says Jeannie. Yeah, to me, that was ridiculous. I mean, I would be, I'll be honest with you. If that happened in my community, I would be, um, I'd be banging on some assembly member's door saying, why did you, why did you do this? Why, you know, uh, what, what was the point? What did you save? $30,000? It serves as not only a notification, but as a tool for people who may not have been engaged otherwise. Um, Anthony says, consolidating the day is half the battle. We still have to kindle a renewed interest and sense of duty in the voter base. Having it all in one day when only 12% of us are showing up still isn't going to cut it. No, but if more people know that, that it's all in one day and is remember, you'll have a be- I think you will have a better turnout. I think it will be higher than 12%, but I think you're also right. We need to do whatever we can to, you know, like I said, some people are just so frustrated with the vitriol and the, and the bickering and the, and the polarization that they've just thrown their hands up in the air and wandered off in the pucker brush. Right? So this is, yeah, this is a thing. Um, Deshana said, the only reason I said process when she said change the process was because of the work shower and others have been working on as well. Uh, you know, Kyle says change the voting instead of changing the day. Is what? Whoops. Come here. Come here. Come back here. Change the voting instead of changing the day. Okay. You know. Um. All right. 
and changing the day, says Tyler, is an easy step. Almost everyone associates November with election season. I mean, I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, do you think that the uh, that the uh, left is going to go quietly in on that situation? You think that they're going to go quietly knowing that the smaller elections give them a better curbside appeal for their special interests and they have a chance of swaying a lot of those smaller elections when they don't have a huge amount of participation? Do you think when they know that it's going to give uh, you know conservatives a, a, an edge on that, that they're going to go quietly on that? Changing the day is a simple step. I wouldn't say that it's easy. It's simple, but not easy. So, you know, that's a that's the shot. Um, I'm seeing. Uh, going backwards, going backwards. Uh, to change the players, says Terry. Campaign for candidates, even if they are not in your district. I did. Don't like the candidates in my district. Uh, to change the players, campaign for candidates, even if they are not in your district. Yeah, I mean, y- y- you should be encouraging. If your district is fine, like you live in the Matsu and you are you like your delegation and they're doing good and you think they're, they're the players that you need, then why not reach out into... Uh, other places and look at, you know, support, financially support candidates or causes in other districts uh, that are not your own, because those districts still have an effect on you. They still have an effect on you, whether or not, you know, well, you don't live in the district. You shouldn't. It, the, what those districts are doing, Bert Stedman is affecting me, even though he's not representing me. So should I support uh, an opponent of his? Absolutely. Because he's having an effect on me and my family and the situation in the whole state. Yes, absolutely, I should be. So, uh, anyway, um, I see Tammy Wilson is in the uh, green room right now, ready to jump on board. Um, If we cage the argument as the multiple elections are voter suppression and say it over and over and over, you're... You're true. That's that's a good that's a good point. That is a good point. It's voter suppression. It's voter suppression. Why do you want to break up all the elections? You're suppressing the vote of all these people who just don't understand or haven't didn't know. And they get confused because they've got too many election days. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, let's check in with Tammy to see what the, uh, see if the sound quality is up to par and everything else and see what she has to say. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How how are you you awake and ready to go? (laughs) Sure. Why not? Okay. Sure. Why not? She says, I don't believe her for a second, but we'll, we'll be (laughs) all right. Uh, well, we are about, uh, oh, we're about 60 seconds out. We're about 60 seconds out from joining. So we're going to uh, we'll we'll get the we'll get the full rundown here in a minute. So hold the line for me, and I'll be right back to you. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll put Tammy back in the uh, in the green room for a minute. Let her sip whatever energy beverage, coffee, monster, whatever she's doing to get things going this morning. All right, folks, like and share the show, like and follow the show page, do all the YouTubey things. Let's uh, just do uh, let's just do what we need to do. Let's get let's get to it. Uh, and uh, let's get more people involved in this conversation. It is the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Let's go. Let's do it. 
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome back to the program. It is hour two of the big radio show and we are ready to go. We're talking about local elections. We just finished a full hour talking about uh, an addendum to the charter of changes, uh, you know, something that uh, trying to learn lessons, that's the thing. Keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is madness. So when we do something like these local elections where, you know, we get, we lose, we get trounced, the left does a better job of many different things. You know, we got to learn from it. And, and if we learn the information and then we do nothing with it, well, that's, you know, so we're trying to analyze what's what went right, what went wrong. And so I'm proposing a new plank on the Charter of Changes uh, to change the day, uh, which is change the voting day, so that they all align on no, in on the first Tuesday in November. All, every city, borough, local, dog catcher, whatever, everything falls in the first, uh, that first uh, Tuesday in November so that people don't get confused. When is the election? Was it yesterday? Did, it, did I miss it? You know, you know that the first Tuesday in November is election day. Regardless of what year it is, it's election day. I think that would go a long way. Uh, it, it would be a good start for sure. Uh, so anyway, we we kind of hashed all that out in the last hour. And anyway, but this morning uh, we're going to talk with Tammy Wilson, who was I- running for re-election in Fairbanks. Um, according to the preliminary results, she has lost uh, that race, and so we wanted to get a little bit of a after-action review from her, kind of a debrief on well, so what went right and what went wrong, and uh, you know what, where do we go from here, kind of thing. Uh, are you crying in your beer or are you mad as hell and not going to take it anymore kind of thing? You know, there's there's all kinds of different reactions to all this. So we're going to jump into it this morning with Tammy Wilson and get her thoughts on everything that's going on. Let's uh, jump over there right now and we will uh, get started. She's uh, joining us right now. Good morning, Tammy. How are you this morning? Doing good. I mean, we're just figuring out, like you just said, what went right, what went wrong. Um we are, the, the borough will have, um, moving the election to November, we'll vote on it next Thursday. Um, so you know, <laughs> I guess it might be our last hurrah before we head out the door, you know, putting that kind of like in their face and pretty sure they can't undo it for a while. Well, that's some irony, right? I mean, that's some yeah. irony there is that <laughs> is that right after the election, you guys, so there is an ordinance up in the Fairbanks North Star Borough to align the borough elections with the November, first Tuesday of November, with the general election date. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that so, doesn't that wouldn't affect 
North Pole or Fairbanks or anything else, they have to make their own choices on that, or would that because it's a that's yeah, a that's a home rule city thing, right? That so they can make those decisions. Right. Well, the city would have to, but then you know they'd be having like their own election. So, um, I do believe Aaron Gibson though made it to where if the city of Fairbanks, the city of Fairbanks does have to follow us. Um, but at my understanding, Mayor Cruz has already has a resolution going toward us saying he doesn't like the idea. Like, I don't know why you why, would not like. Why wouldn't you the like idea. the idea? Why? I mean, why? Why wouldn't I you? I mean, I get you know for me. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Why wouldn't you like the idea? So, yeah, that is a, I hadn't thought about that because the borough is the one that pretty much is has the framework for the elections themselves. Right. The city just kind of currently rides the coattails of the borough on that. So if they decided to have it in October, they'd have to do all their own stuff to do their own election. Right. Which they could. I mean, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. Um, you know, the they, they gave me like one hundred ninety thousand dollar fiscal note because I mean, obviously, those tables and chairs and. The things that currently we use with the state, you know, would cost us quite a bit of money. But yeah, I think it would be worth probably the best money we ever spent at this point, especially after. I'm not sure it would have changed this election. Um, maybe because, like you said, people knowing November, which was kind of outrageous to us because we were like out on corners and waving signs, doing everything for like 10 days. Right. I mean, it wasn't just like the day that we did it. Right. And then you get people like, I didn't know. And then, of course, you know, it snowed, which it didn't help, but still. They outplayed us. I mean, at the end of the day, they outspent us and they outplayed us. And we now have to go back to the starting line and say, okay, you know, how are we going to do this? Are we just going to like roll over and play dead? Or are we going to analyze what happened and, and figure out? Because we won election day. So that was what was unique. We, you know, also, you know, we, we won the election day, right. but we lost early vote like three to one. Yeah. 2,000 people voted in the assembly. Most of us had 500 something to their 1400. Yeah. So I mean, it's almost like as soon as we walked in, <laughs> we were right. like, no. Ducks. And when you look at, when you look at election day and I, and I found that to be interesting. So I guess we'll, we'll start some analysis here and look at this. So on election day in your race, for example, uh, you received 5,945 votes. She got 5,922. So you beat her by 30 votes in, in, on election day, but all the early votes and everything else that was that was the kicker same thing with jimmy cash 599 to 5700 uh, i mean she you know he he almost 200 votes um and it just it went like this all the way through each vote on election day was a strong uh you know was a strong uh, win for for most of the uh, uh for most of the assembly so uh it, it, it comes back to a couple things uh, as to you know how did how did you lose right that's we always look back how did how did this happen what what goes on voting day I think maybe that's one thing I don't know as you said I don't know if that would make the full change but um, I will say this the left and the left has consistently been very good at this they have motivated people to go out and vote early and do their thing and and get it done now Republicans or conservatives for the most part really not a huge fan of early voting. They want to feel like, uh, who did I say? I think I said something to Chris Story on the show one day, the other day. So you're going out to early vote? And he goes, no, no, no. I like to go and vote the day of election. So, I mean, some people are like, I just, they don't trust it. They don't believe, I don't know what the deal is, but I'll be honest with you. I've early voted several times because it's convenient. I know my day is going to be busy on election day. And so I just go get it done. Um, we have got to get better at encouraging 
early voting, absentee voting, you know, if you're not going to be available, whatever. We've got to get better at that. They outvoted three to one in early voting. But, you know, it took a lot of money to get us out. I mean, we didn't go down easy. I mean, Planned Parenthood put in money. We had like the NEA group with the, from Washington, D.C., Colorado, Anchorage. I mean, this is all like outside money that, you know, we just didn't anticipate that. We knew they would come after us because we had the majority. But I don't think we anticipated the outside groups coming in with that much money. So, you know, for the early vote, you know, they got the word out and they didn't get, just get the word out. They got the word out to their own group and they got them, you know, here's the reasons, right? And they got them enthralled about voting and they went out and voted as soon as they, I mean, the mailers that they sent were incredible. You know, while we're sitting here doing the old vocal. Right. Mailers and door. I mean, there was door hangers. I saw pictures of people that they, they Planned Parenthood was out there putting door hangers out on people. I mean, they put some money into this race. Uh, there was, you know, 10, 15, 20 thousand dollars in independent expenditures and pack expenditures for radio and television as well. Uh, I mean, there was just a tremendous amount of money poured into the community from outside to try and affect this election. And it worked. Well, and they targeted, I think they targeted their own group, you know, and made them mad, you know, telling them things about us that weren't, you know, true. And sad enough, you know, you and I both know that when people are angry or or really believe they're going to lose something, that is usually when they'll go out and vote. They won't just vote to kind of. Well, no, because if, you're doing the right thing. We want to support you. Yeah, no. If you can't motivate, you agitate. Right. That's the that's the old axiom. <laughs> if you can't motivate, you agitate because that is motivation. And that's what they did. They you know, they threw up the spooky thing of, oh, they're going to take your this or they're going to take your that or they, you know, whatever it is that they use, the, the verbiage that they use to try and spook people. That's what they do. They agitate instead of motivate. Or do it as a, they do, they don't even try to motivate. They went straight to the agitation to try and, and rile up the base. And it obviously worked. Well, they did a lot of mail. I mean, that's all we kept hearing is how much mail that they received. You know, three, four flyers, even, you know, up to a couple of days before, which that makes it more interesting, right? So if they got the mailers mostly just before the election, you would have thought it would have been flipped. Um, but it wasn't. So again, like you said, most conservatives, you know, and I'm one of them, I prefer to, to do it, but this was the perfect example of, you know, how many people just went home because the roads were icy and snowy. It was the first kind of mini storm, you know, that we had had um, a week earlier, or really a couple of days earlier, you know, it was sunny, you know, 40 something degrees, completely different. Now, would it have made a 900 vote difference? I doubt that. They really, like I said, they went all in. Um, probably a lot of it was more for the school district than it was us. Um, But it didn't matter because it was always our six and their six, right? It was kind of back and forth. So, you know, what do you do next, right? Do you just like crawl in a hole and say, well, you know, people don't want us, whatever. No, I mean, the first thing I think we need to do is that we still have a lot of our boards and commissions that don't have enough people on it planning and planning. Well, somebody has to sit on them, right? And why not us versus them? I mean, those are what almost has as much impact on our residents as the assembly itself does. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And we have the mayor election next year. Right. right? So, we so it's freaking learn it. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, a, it's, it's a shift aim and fire again, right? It's not a, Oh, yeah. we got to tuck our trail between our legs and suck our thumbs and roll over in the corner and wet on ourselves. Instead, we're going to, you know, shift aim and fire. I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. So now 
you start looking at things because and, and I don't think people understand that. I'll be honest with you. I don't think a lot of people uh, probably listeners to this show do. But, uh, you know, the the kind of the lower information voters or the uninformed voters, they don't realize the power that, you know, platting, planning, zoning, those kind of things right. that, that they have the effect that they have on your daily life and on your private property and all those other things. So, yeah, that's important to try and go out for some of those things. Um, and, yeah, the mayor's race and things like that. I think that is a uh, I think that's a, a solid plan. I would like to see it. And I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that uh, we will get some some good candidates and, and we'll have another opportunity for another bite at this apple. Well, we have to start a lot earlier. We started like in August, you know, I think our, you know. Word and everything else, you know, what I find like really interesting, though, is the left tries to act like the right and they try to sell the same ideas, you know, and if you I mean, if you read some of the flyers, you're like, huh, they don't sound much different from each other until they get in. And then when they get in, it's like, oh, well, you know, that was just to get your vote. That wasn't, you know, because we really believe that. So, uh, you know, so as far as, you know, have we turned, you know, blue up here? I don't think so. We just for we just didn't motivate enough because, you know, I know North Pole, if they got out and voted, has more voters in it than the other side of town does. They just, you know, like you said, sometimes they just need more reasons to get out there and vote and understand that not voting has a huge impact. I want to talk a little bit about that, but we have to take a break. I do want to talk a little bit about the number of voters and, and turnout and things like that. So we're going to continue in just a moment. Uh, Tammy Wilson is our guest. A little bit, again, of a continuing debrief and postmortem on what happened in the election. If there was anything right, if, you know, what went right or what went wrong. How do we fix it? What is the, you know, what is the change in strategy or tactics that we need to take up? We're going to continue this discussion with Tammy Wilson in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Tammy Wilson, our guest uh, here on, on the program. Do you hear a lot from people? Have you heard a lot from people over the last couple of days of, oh, I can't believe you didn't win. Uh, but I didn't get out and vote. I mean, kind of thing, you know, like I thought you because you and I have talked about this phenomenon in the past when you have somebody who's fairly popular or has a good following, somebody like you, uh, who generally speaking, people have great name recognition and people like that. Some people just get kind of ambivalent and be like, oh, she's going to win. No problem. Uh, I I just won't bother to vote. Today. Are you hearing? Have you heard that already since you? No, I really haven't. I mean, I've got a lot of people, you know, sorry that others didn't get out and vote, but. Um, all the people I've heard from actually did vote. But I'll just tell you, though, when you run your own campaign and you do the things well, it is hard to raise money because they're like, oh, well, you don't need the money. You don't need the help. You know, you can, you know, you'll just like skate in. And But I'll be honest with you. You know, this wasn't all or nothing for us because, you know, poor Brett and Barbara will now sit on the assembly and it's going to be seven two. 
moving five four to seven two. Yeah, oh, I've been there. I I just and I just said I said I've the the unmitigating pain that's about to come down is going to be. You know, Barbara and Brett will just, you know, it's the pain train. Welcome to it. Here it comes. Because uh, it is it is tough when you all you can do is just say no and then watch yourself just get rolled right over. It's it's, uh, you know, at least when I started on the assembly, it was more balanced in the fact that it had, I think, three conservative members and then kind of two moderate who could be swayed one way or the other. But then I just slowly watched it become more and more kind of bluer, solid, progressive left. And then it was just like, ow, those meetings were so painful sometimes. Ow. I mean. You can't sway three. Yeah. I mean, it's possible to sway three. Yeah. One, you know, four or five, you could have maybe done it. But one or two, I mean, with the group we have right now would be very be difficult. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I. You got to look back on it. And I mean, Aaron Lejeski kind of like, this could be a $60,000 race. We're like, oh, no, no, you're you're crazy at the Borough Bridge. Well, I'm pretty sure if we knew exactly, you know, well, you know, for a while, we won't know, but we knew the independent expenditures of all these groups. I bet it exceeds $60,000, like you said, and not even counting on the ground what they might have paid because we don't know the people were door hanging or from Fairbanks or they brought somebody in because. Right. That's what they do, right? Yeah. They just bring a crowd in, do their thing, send them back out. I mean, we have um, people doing a petition up here right now that don't even live in the state. So yeah, they'll do whatever it takes to get whatever they want. And we just sit back and go, yeah, it won't be that bad. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> and well, you I mean, find out it is, it's like, how do you change I, it? I know the independent expenditures in advertising alone were upwards of $20,000. So, I mean, I, you know, however much it costs for mailers and then for physical people to go hang doors, I imagine it had to be at least that much for what they were doing there. Mailing it, th those mailers are not that cheap. And if they well, did five, 6,000 a shot, yeah, you so know, if, minimum, if they you did know? four or five of them, I mean, again, so yeah, $60,000 uh, definitely, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Well, we can go back and look at APOC and see when it's all said and done that they have to report all that. But it it did come down in a lot of ways to dollars. And I, I don't want to get too far into that because I want to keep that for the radio. But I, I do find it interesting, you know, like you said, and we can revisit that, that the fact that you go talk to people and they're like, oh, Tammy, you're good. You're golden. We don't need to give you any yeah. money uh, to do things. But money what what did uh what did shower say yesterday uh without bucks there's no buck rogers i mean that's the thing you just you can't be a superhero if you can't get the dollars to get your face and your name in front of people's eyeballs or earballs in case of radio i mean it's just you know you you've got to do it no i got that yesterday it's like well at least you won even though the others didn't i'm like no i didn't no. none of us did yeah none of us did full sweep clean sweep which clean sweep. <clears throat> i don't know what is we don't have enough time uh what does that say i mean when you look at that and you go does that say that the whole thing turned blue or was it just that they were better motivated and better, better and better organized that you know that's really yeah. what it comes down to i think that's in the long run that's what it means is that they were better motivated and better organized not that the whole community is turning blue they just outplayed you know the the special interests and in the and they just outplayed the the conservative side. I don't think that the community oh, yeah. has changed. That line still Fairbanks is all shut. I mean, we we won three to one. Yeah. You know the question is, how many you know voted all together? Here, here we go. To We're going to jump back in the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
Okay, we're back uh, talking with Tammy Wilson. Uh, getting a little bit again of a postmortem and, and uh, you know, kind of after action review of everything that's going on and, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, before we went to break, we were just talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, the numbers and the number of people that, that got out. I mean, compared to what happened down on the peninsula, um, you know, I guess Fairbanks didn't do too bad, but that's, I mean, I just, I just don't know. The, the peninsula, down on the peninsula, overall, for example, the biggest uh, uh, race in that in that whole area was the mayor's race. Uh, obviously, he was running unopposed. But the total time, they had 8.8% voter turnout down on the peninsula. Wow. The, the, biggest, the biggest district that I found uh, was... Um, was in uh, Nikiski, uh, they had a 15% voter turnout, 15.15%, which, I mean, most of these races barely were in, sing- I mean, like 5 6%, 8%. Uh, Nikiski did have, uh, you know, this 15 to 16% was the, uh, was the voter turnout in Nikiski. But in the Fairbanks North Star Borough, 18% total voter turnout. So out of 77,262 registered voters, only 14,000 people bothered to show up on Election Day. So, again, this comes back to changing the day, or is it uh, a motivation? Is it money? Um, You know, what is the biggest single thing you think that really affected this race in the long run? Was it the dollars? Was it the organization? Was it, you know, what, what was it? Well, I think it was the money and it was targeting. I think they targeted their own, you know, with the information. Because, I mean, these big, like Planned Parenthood, you know, NEA, I mean, they have strategists. They have data. I mean, they sent cards out to people saying whether you voted in 2021 or 22 and why you need to vote now. And I'm just like, that information is not like, at least I don't think it's that easy to come by. But, you know, but. They all went to their group trying to basically intimidate them or make them fearful of what they were going to get if they didn't go out and vote. Because like you just said, that is what seems to motivate. I don't care if you're on the right or the left, seems to motivate people of what there's, you know, they actually believe they're going to lose something if they don't get out and do something. Right. But like, you know, we kind of were adding the money up all ago. And when it was said and done, we're going to find out over Pretty close to 60,000 by the outside groups. And that's not including, you know, the 20, 30,000 that each candidate had as well. So at the end of the day, this is over a $100,000 campaign for a local election. I mean, that exceeds right. most of the state elections that we currently have. So, yeah. well, the amount of money that so, was poured into the school district races, the school board races. Oh, yeah. I mean, those yeah. races. You know, even historically, uh, you know, very rarely did I, uh, you know, back in the day, I may have interviewed three or four school board candidates over the course of 15 years. I mean, it was not like it was every election. We've got all the school board candidates up there. But that's become a hot button issue for many parents because of a lot of the things that have been taking place in the schools and the the COVID, post-COVID and some of the other things, the diversity and the, the gender stuff and the CRT and all these other things that are getting people spun up. So these races have become more important, obviously, because you start looking at the money that was getting poured into a school board race. It was astonishing. I'd never seen that kind of money being thrown, especially in Fairbanks, Alaska, of all places, 
from outside right. they didn't groups. They didn't even used to have signs. Right. Remember school board kids, they didn't, yeah. even, didn't even bother to put signs out. Yeah. You know, back in the day. And and now it's kind of like, well, this this was a big social change, right? I mean, this really was about what do you think your kids should live in, learn in school and what shouldn't they learn? Um, and that probably, on you know, if you had to look at one motivation, that was probably the biggest motivation because, like you said, as parents, and, and, and the borough really has been split for a long time. You kind of take this, you know, city of Fairbanks and you kind of cut it because, you know, there's got sides on that. But from Fairbanks out to Salsha and then you kind of your outlying areas of Fox and Two Rivers, they they believe a lot different than if you go in the opposite direction from Fairbanks to Esther. And, you know, everybody has a right to believe what they do and fight for what they what they do. And they knew that if they didn't get out and vote, and the school candidates we had were going to take those social issues out, not not because they didn't believe or you know you know on all of those, but if our kids can't read and write and do arithmetic, you're choosing what you want them to be when they grow up. You're taking all those choices away because they don't have the basics. Right. And I mean that's really you know what the fight on the school board was up here is what do you think schools really should be doing well even if your argument is well sure the equity the diversity the gender stuff that's that's all good things and we need to do it but shouldn't your main focus to begin with be on the fundamentals of reading writing and arithmetic i mean great you want to talk about you know cultural whatever but if they can't even make it in the you know fourth grade reading and science and math thing where we're at the 48th and 49th percentile, shouldn't that still be the top priority instead of if Johnny can't read, does it really matter how socially just things are? If Johnny can't read, I mean, is that justice? If, uh, you know, he can't figure out that he's part of the oppression problem. Is it, you know, I mean, what is that? That should be the number one thing. And yet that seems to have slipped out of people's mind. Well, you know, and, and like I said, you know, it, it really has come down to how do you go, you know, from this place forward, if we can't engage our own, we're going to lose. I mean, I don't care how much money you spend. You could, you know, we could have spent the same amount of money and if we weren't able to engage our voters to want to come out and vote, you know, the outcome would have been the same. So, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's not our fault. Yeah, it is our fault. You know, there's some things we can make changes for, but the other really is, how do you engage? Because we had more people out waving signs on corners, volunteering to do more and more things than I have ever seen up here. Um, and like I said, on election day, that seemed to, it was still really close, but it was a much different outcome than early voting. Now we have 3,000 votes out still for absentee, supposedly around that. It'll be interesting to see, you know, now some of those absentee are early votes because if you would have gone to City Hall, to vote, you were having to vote like absentee. So some of those might follow the same way, but it would be really ironic. I mean, the odds are really against it. If we flip the, you know, those votes the same way early voting did to us, we would all win. Well, and you've looked at that before. I know you've you've analyzed that in the past. Does absentee ballots fall normally along the same percentiles that the day of vote does, or is it have you it looked at used that? to, but the last couple, it seems like it's gone the opposite direction, but we'll see. But the odds of getting three to one right on the back were probably slim, but it, it just would be ironic if we're all sitting oh, here talking about be. what we should have done yeah. different. It had actually turned out the other way, but 
Um, like I said, it's engaging because I think they're going, I mean, climate action is going to happen. I mean, they made that clear. It's going to be one of the first things they're going to do. I think the air quality, I think they're going to try to take all that back um, from the state. Um, so, you know, and that's the other question we asked ourselves. The two um, initiatives that we had on there, you know, what, did they play any role? Maybe a little bit, but I really think it came down to there were expert people who knew how to target their own right. group to motivate them to get out. And they did. I really think it's that simple. And they started. They didn't have to start as early to do that. They did start earlier than we did, but they had the money already in the coffers, right? Where we're still sitting there begging for for money to be able to to run. I mean, most of us had science and stuff like that, but they didn't even put like a handful of signs up, right? I mean, you could look at what did and didn't happen to see how much the mailing, you know, really made a big difference on it because it's in people's hands. Those are most likely to vote. I mean, radio's great. Television's great but you don't know who you're hitting. It's kind of like the icing on the cake. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to motivate that person to want to go early or at some point, you know, and cast their vote for the people that you're wanting them to. And this goes back to the philosophical thing that I've talked about in the past, that, uh, you know, that more folks who are progressive or on the left are very much kind of communal in spirit. You know, it takes a village kind of thing, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And they want to work together and hold hands and give everybody a Coca-Cola. And the folks on the right are more independent-minded, standalone. They don't necessarily play well with others. They just want to be left alone to do what they want to Absolutely. do, you know, rugged independent kind of thing, uh, rugged individualism. Uh, and 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 I wonder how much of that are we going to have to, you know, we're going to have to swallow some of that pride and be like, we got to work together. Now, you guys, for the first time, actually did the – because we've seen in the past where you get several districts – all the Fairbanks borough seats are are they're districted, but they're all at large. So for folks down right. in the peninsula, you guys can only vote for the people who are in your district. But in Fairbanks, the districts are at large, so you can vote for everyone. Um, but the question is, uh, you know, the, in the past, we'd seen conservatives get into some of these races where you'd have multiple conservatives running for the same seat, which made no sense because you were basically diluting the vote and that you know and the and the and the and the democrat or the left the the left-leaning person would be like okay fine you two fight it out i'll take it you know i'll run with it this time you guys and they did too yeah <laughs> and they did yeah and this time you guys kind of coordinated with each other and said okay i'll run for this seat you run for that seat you know you kind of it and that was that's good to see that's the beginning of something good i think because we're at least trying to be strategic about it uh, which in the past would be like, no, I'm going to do it because I'm the best one for it. And it doesn't matter what, you know, it, it didn't make any sense, but maybe we're getting a little smarter about that. I think we are. And I mean, one of the analysis we'll do is last year's race where both Brett and Barbara won in this year, you know, and, and look at the numbers and see who got out, who didn't get out. I mean, 18%, I mean, you would never see 18% in a governor race up here or the presidential election, I guarantee you know, more than 18% of our own will get out, not even counting the other side that will. So, you know, but you, we've seen Wasilla change and they've had a big, a bigger turnout uh, because they went to the November election. A lot of people don't want to get out twice. They don't ever think about, especially the new people, about local elections. And, you know, because the state gets so much more attention in the federal, why wouldn't you just say, go out and go to two tables, right? You're out, you're doing it versus, you know, completely separate. Redistricting, you know, kind of confused people. We kept trying to tell people it didn't matter where you voted. But again, our side's like, I don't want to fill out any more paper. I want to go in, cast my vote and be done. Don't make me, you know, 
tell them all my personal information. And you're like, it's not personal. They already have it. Yeah, That's why they ask like, for it. Yeah, they've got they've got the information. Like I said many times, I have voted in several elections. I voted a question ballot because it was more convenient for me. I walked into a polling right. place somewhere that wasn't my own because it was right there. And all you got to do is name, address, phone number. Then then they put that on the outside and then, they you know, you put your it's it, it's easy. But people get I mean, and, and I guess rightly so. People are concerned about voter security and all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, at some point you got to just be like, dude, just go do it. It's not like this is information they don't have. And who do you care? Why would you care? if so? Well, they'll know how I voted. So don't you tell everybody how you vote anyway? I do. Uh, and it, 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 I don't I don't believe that. I believe that the vote is still, you know, because they just look at it to make sure that it's right before they drop it in the box. But what? who cares? Who cares what it is? Get the vote in. That's the important part at this point. Right. So, you know, where do we go from here? I mean, that's a big question for us. I mean, and the first thing is, is that, you know, you, you have to stay involved. I mean, if you don't, then that's when they truly win. Right. If you just walk away and say, well, if that's how they feel, then I'm just done, you know, and, and a lot of the calls I had, you know, where that was like, well, don't just like give up on us. I'm like, I would never give up on our area ever. I mean, we're all part of it. Right. But, you know, we have to start earlier. We have to get, you know, our our people in line right now. We have two people running for mayor. That can't happen because like you just said, you know, that's the first thing they're going to want because why campaign, right? Let the other two eat each other and right. they're going to take votes from each, you know, and then. How and then the other thing has to be, do you run as a group? I mean, you know, that seemed like it worked when we ran three years ago. It kind of didn't seem like it worked this time. But I think they would have grouped together no matter what we would have done because that's cheaper, right? Putting a postcard with six people on it versus one. And that's where it gets a lot easier with the independent expenditures. They can group people together. If I do that, I gotta make sure I get, you know, both Jimmy and Aaron signed on. They got to make sure they we split everything equally and done. I mean, because that's APOC rules, right? It's not right, because right. we don't like each other. Because we had, in my opinion, probably some of the three strongest we could have for the assembly, which shows you. And our numbers, although we're very diverse in what we think, we're almost identical. Right. So I mean that that just shows you how you know they were so successful in going after their group to come out because the numbers. I mean, school board did a little bit worse than we did. If you even look through, there's three numbers that are pretty similar to each other. Right. Tammy Wilson is our guest. Uh, we're going to continue. One final segment is Dead Ahead. Uh, we will be back with more here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Don't forget, you can join us on Facebook if you'd like to talk about it. we got about 65 people in the chat room right now. Uh, Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live. Or you can go to YouTube or Twitch. So come on out and be part of it. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Tammy Wilson uh, in the in the chat room with us right now. Barbara said we also had radically different election strategies. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I think that's where we really have to be analytical about this. 
look at their election strategies, look at what worked, and can you emulate that? Can you emulate? I mean, Tammy has said it several times, but she's right. They targeted their base. They didn't, I don't think they didn't try and go out after the fringers or the independents or the middle of the rotors. They went straight to their base and rattled the saber of fear and said, here's what's going to happen if these guys get in. And that got people motivated to jump out there and get the early voting in. And because early voting won the day, that's pretty much the bottom line here. Early voting won the day. So they were successful in that. Right. And Mike, Mike's got it. You know, why don't people vote? If you look at what he's got on there. Um, it was amazing. I got calls up to the last couple of days of who do I vote for? Um, and so that's where the money comes, you know, if you're targeting your own so that they're constantly, I mean, we sent cards out, but you're just trying to figure out who's going to vote, right? There's like, what, 70,000 people, I think, that are registered to vote. Um, and you're trying to figure out who that is. 77,262 <laughs> people registered to vote. So we're trying to figure out what. 18% of them are voting, right? Because you can't afford to send it to 77,000 people, you know, although we know 77,000, you know, won't do it. And then what information, because again, if we, I can send you information about myself and put it in my own campaign, um, it, it gets a little bit crazier, but, you know, maybe we need to learn those and social media. We didn't do a lot of social media. That's, like, oh, that's a little hard to be able to put that out there and it's not well, that they hard. They didn't have a problem. Look, it's not. It, look, it's not that hard. And many and somebody said that earlier. They said, uh, "Here, as Jeannie said, it's not about smart. It's about the lack of YouTube and Facebook ads because that's where most people get their news from today." And and yeah. that she's one hundred percent right. Many people are not subscribing to the news miner or reading the ADN or doing. They're on social media and they see the ad flash up and they've got you know these these outside groups especially. They had some real high-speed designers and video editors, and they got ads up, and they did all that. There should be a big chunk of ads that should go into that kind of stuff because that's where you're reaching people where they're at. And and especially since most of that stuff is targeted to people who are of like mind, right? I mean, right. you know, I'm more likely to see a Tammy Wilson ad than I am to see a a Liz Reeves Ramos ad because of just because of my likes and my interests on social media, I'm more likely to see that. So again, targeting your people, targeting your, that's uh you know it's not a bad it's not a bad thing uh, to do, uh, and it's pretty it, it it's pretty it's effective and it's pretty inexpensive. Well, and it's something you can start earlier, right, and just kind of get that jump because people you know, up here, once they've decided who to vote, they're loyal on that. It's who's catching those um, the, the first time out. And even though next, you know, this coming year is a presidential election, it'll be a lot harder to be able to, you know, get that word out. You're going to have the right people out, right? And that's going to be the big thing is that once you motivate them, once you get them there, I don't think standing in two lines is going to be detrimental. Will everybody who comes and votes for the federal come over automatically and do the other? No, but seeing two tables right there, right close there, it's going to be that reminder that they said that, you know, <laughs> we thought we were getting out there a lot, um, is what people need. And they just, they're busy, you know, running here and there. And now the sad thing, holding signs out in November is a lot worse than October, although the snow wasn't any fun. It still wasn't <laughs> negative temperatures, you know, for it. But but it is keeping the people now motivated that, were mo that did get out, not just to vote, but to help out, you know, and because money isn't everything, you know, it's learning, like you said, those strategies and, and figuring out ways in these next few months to 
start engaging, you know, start letting them know here's where the information is going to be. You know, maybe it's setting up a Facebook page now and getting people involved in different activities, you know, throughout the borough because you can't do it in two months. I mean, we all knew that you can't. I mean, what we put our name in at the end of July and like literally two months later, you're voting. It's just not enough time to even get anything done. And I think the other part is the other side seems like they're not begging for money the same way we are. You know, again, right. it just, like I said, a, a different mentality of they're part of that whole collective. They, they they do things as a group. They win things or lose things as a group. You know, we're more independently minded, doing our thing. We'll get to it. Just let us do it in our own time. Well, and, and a lot of them have a special interest component that helps them out, whether it's the, you know, teachers union, local teachers union, that kind of support, you know. There's some there's some there's some things that happen there that definitely help them out. And we need to get better about this. In fact, I'm going to start the next segment out with a question because I think that's also important. And then we'll go on to where do we go from here? Tammy Wilson is our guest. Uh, Please like and share the show, my friends. Uh, Like and follow the show page. You can you can share the show from wherever you're at Facebook, YouTube or Twitch. Um, But make sure that you do all the if you're on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, why aren't you on YouTube? At least go like it on YouTube and then come back to Facebook because then I get another subscriber. And that's it's all about me. It's all about me. Uh, (laughs) Nothing new. Nothing new. I know, really. It's just, you know, it's because I'm an evil conservative. That's what it's about. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Okay, Tammy Wilson is our guest, and it's one final segment today. We're kind of uh, we're kind of going after the, uh, the the debriefing on the election, lessons learned. Um, you know what what it uh, you know what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Uh, obviously, more wrong than right in this go around. I think uh, when it was all said and done. Uh, but yesterday, somebody made a comment in the chat room, and I thought it was interesting uh, because they said. Uh, they'd worked, they'd done some work for the policy forum or whatever. And he said, after working for nine years, he discovered one thing that conservatives, this, this is his words, not mine. <clears throat> although I don't know if I disagree with it. His words were conservatives are lazy and cheap. And so I want to r- throw that out to Tammy Wilson, because we've talked about how big and how big a, a role that money played in this election. Um, also, the laziness is also, I think, part of that kind of independent minded, you know, they're not communal kumbaya people. They're like, oh, I, I somebody else will do that. Right. I don't have to do that right. because somebody else will do that. So I don't know if it's laziness is more uh, as it is. That's somebody else's job kind of thing. Whereas the esprit de corps that a lot of the left feels they want to be part of the group. They want to be part of that. They want, you know, it's that uh, we're all pulling together kind of thing. And for some reason, conservatives just seem to be resistant to that. So do you think that statement is accurate or partially accurate in that regard? Uh, What do you think? Well, I think it's interesting because look at the city race, right? We had, you know, both John, you know, we had John Sam and Lonnie Marnie both running, right? They both won, right? And they didn't have a lot of money, right? But they didn't get targeted. So I think when you look at local elections, that's local money going after, you know, the votes then you don't have that extra motivator. 
But you look at the borough and the city. So the borough school district, you would have thought would have gone, you know, somewhat the same um, direction. But even the votes didn't go the same way. So they were, you know, targeting all of those. But it only seemed to have more of an impact on the borough and school races because they didn't talk about the other. So kind of more like, did I know Lonnie? Did I know John? And that's really usually where elections are. Could I call them? You know, that whole personal type of part of it. So if you kind of look at their race and how they did, and then the opposite happening, you know, where more money was put out on both sides, you know, it really, to me, got down to they knew how to get their people out to vote. They had, you know, two things on the ballot that that swayed probably a little bit more their direction than it did our direction. Um, but, you know, I, I think it was a whole bunch of little things. But at the end of the day, it, it, it really is keeping that motivation going all year long. So when it's, you know, and, and, and dealing with who is who's going to run and not getting that mentality of, well, I don't like them for the following reasons. Right. We do that really well. <laughs> it's like circle, okay, well, circle the, the wagons the day, and shoot inward. Right. Was, Cir circle all the right. wagons and then shoot each other. And you're like, wait a second, we're on the same team. Well, there was a big difference. Right. I mean, between all three of us on the assembly and, and well, the three on the school district. It was, it should have been, now whether it was, it should have been very obvious the difference, right, between, you know, the two. And so that's why at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, you know, and, and this is going to come with the analysis when we have the absentee ballots are, we're going to look at three years ago, we're going to look at last year, you know, by precinct. And, you know, if it just shows us numbers, right, that this side of town didn't get out as much as the other side of town. It is absolutely then a motivation question. How do we get them to get out? You know, how do we impact on that? They don't have to necessarily go on election day if it's more convenient. You know, how do you know we show them that? Yeah, money makes a difference. And I know that for a lot of people with heating oil and, and electric and all the cost up here, it's not cheap. But I'll tell you right now, when you get your property tax bill next year, they're not going to be out there spouting. We did, <laughs> you know, we made some efficiencies for you. It's going to be. We've, you know, gave as much money to everybody who had their hand out as we possibly could. Right. Because uh, even this, you know, look at the school district. All they can complain about is, is the governor, you know, had gave them 16 million, took 8 million back. Well, that was still 8 million. And then we supplemented. They only came in asking for, I mean, we gave them more than they asked for. Right. Or ultimately said they needed. And it still wasn't enough. Right. Because it's, you know, so it's always a complaint. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the thing. You know, when we talk about these local elections, what happens in a borough election affects you directly. I mean, you're, you'll see that, you know, if there's an increase in property taxes, you'll see that every month in your mortgages. If they drop that tax out of your escrow every month, you'll see, oh, it just went up 50 bucks a month for every, I mean, you know, it, it will affect you directly. And you need to be motivated to go out there uh, and get it done. All right, we've, we've only got about five minutes here, so I want to come back to... You kind of mentioned this earlier, but let's go back to where do we go from here? You're not in the corner licking your wounds, you know, whimpering or anything else. You're like, this nope. is time to retarget, reload, and fire again. Um, and so where what where do we go from here? And you talked about this earlier, targeting some of the other things that need to be taken care of. So where do Tammy Wilson and Jimmy and, you know, what is the next direction that you guys are going to be taking as far as, uh, you know, what, what do we do in the meanwhile before the next election, I guess? Well, the first thing is you have to analyze, right? You have to look at the numbers and figure out, you know, what was different. I mean, we know the money was different. We know the targeting, but as far as 
who got out and voted. Is it easy to see who that was? And then once we figure out, okay, it's just we didn't get out, they did. You know, simply, and money played a, a, a part of that. What can we do in the next few months to continue to be involved, to continue to get the message? Because if you don't go to KJMP anymore and, and, and say, well, I'm done with them, I'm not on the assembly, then everybody gets disengaged, right? Um, how do we do activities to somehow get more people, you know, into it and get feedback from them? But the biggest thing is to stay involved, whether it's through the boards and commissions, through testimony, figure out. I mean, I still think our assessor needs change. That doesn't change because I'm not on there anymore. You know, is it time that we bring all those things up? But if we don't do anything but sit back and say, well, those bad people, you know, cheated. They didn't cheat. You know, they just outplayed us. You know, outspent us, outplayed us. And right. if we don't learn anything from it, guess what's going to happen? at the next election. And we don't just have the assembly, we have the mayor. So three of theirs come up, just like three of ours did this year. There's no reason we can't turn it right back around. We won all three before, but you know, we have to be willing to like do those different types of things, social media, whatever it is, early on and get people, you know, figuring out. And I think changing it. I th I'm hoping that they can't rechange it. Um if we're able to pass that, you know, this next week that it goes into November. I'm hoping we'll get at least one shot of seeing what that looks like. I, I think it only can help us. I, I truly do. Well, and like you said, there are so many things that affect our lives in a local community that many people are not paying attention to. We mentioned earlier planning and planning and zoning. The you know, I mean, That's <clears throat> our largest investment, our largest asset as individuals and citizens is our property. And most people don't realize the extreme amount of control that a board like that has on it. And many times it's kind of an afterthought who shows up on these boards. You know, why aren't we focusing on that and trying to protect private property rights and including grandfathering and, you know, and not changing it or, uh, you know, trying to adhere to some kind of centralized plan, comp plan, or, or, you know, some kind of centralized planning where people just want to be left alone to do with their property, do with their property, what they want. I mean, we need to focus on that stuff as well. Right, because if they can't get a quorum, too, that means development stops, right? And right now, I mean, they're canceling meetings because they can't get a quorum. That means if somebody wants to subdivide so that, they, you know, they can build, you know, military housing or senior housing or whatever it has to do. If others need to get something changed on their property because, you know, they want to sell it or whatever, if those meetings aren't happening, you know, we're stopping growth at the same time. So it, it's about both of making sure the government could do what it needs to do and it backs off on the things that it shouldn't be in. But I guess the last part of it, you know, in the last minute is one of the big things they want on was the ore hauling, right? It's already happening up here. There's absolutely nothing that the assembly can do yet. I know a lot of people voted that way to stop the project, right? you know, and again, you know, you can put anything on a flyer that you want to and, and say, you're going to do this and this, but we are a second class borough. Right. There's some things you just can't do anything about. Well, especially since they conformed to all the laws. They did everything in their power and went out of their way to make sure they conformed with every law possible. So I, I Well, they've been running and nobody has said anything about it at this point. I'm like, haven't you seen them? Just remember they're the big bad trucks. Yeah. No, it's it's frustrating to see those kind of issues to which the borough really has no control or no power be a pivotal uh, or an important issue that, you know, caused, anyway, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, like Planned Parenthood, another one, yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the local level. Right, Planned Parenthood. Why are, <clears throat> why are you involving yourselves in these races when 
Well, because it pushes a certain agenda and it gets a certain uh, a certain uh, a slew of people on there that later on may play into other things. Um, all right. Well, we're down to the last 40 seconds. So I just say, Tammy Wilson, thank you for coming on board this morning. Um, good luck. And uh, we should do this more often, I think, to just kind of strategize and talk about this and see if we can get more people involved in these conversation yep. in these directions. This is what this is where it, this is where it needs to go. Uh, yep, so th- we'll revenge will be sweet, you know. We're gonna we're gonna change things. It'll it'll come back. It'll the, the pendulum always swings back around. Uh, Tammy, yep. hold hold the line for just a second, folks. We're out of time. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, final bite at the apple, um, Tammy. If there's anything I didn't bring up or anything I didn't hit or you know whatever, just your final thoughts. I give you. The, Give you the two minutes here to kind of uh, have your final say so we're not up against the clock. Well, we just did 30 seconds. Revenge will be sweet, right? We're not going away. We're going to be smarter, you know, better planned. And, you know, hopefully we'll sweep next year and the mayor as well and be like, okay, you know, you got us once, but you're not going to get us twice. Right. Well, I mean, you've lost before, right? I mean, that's the thing. This is not, Absolutely. yeah, this is not an unusual thing. Um, it, it, you've lost before. It's not more fun. <laughs> and co- yeah, yeah, exactly. It's definitely not as you're pleasurable to 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 lose, but at the same time, as long as you learn the lessons and are able to come back, which you did before, uh, come back to do even more. You've done more work. You've done more good work since you lost the mayor's race back in the day. Uh, you've done more good work then than you ever did before that. So, I mean, I think this is just an opportunity again to analyze what we're doing, change our strategy and move forward and we can we can we can get back into that and you know i think i think the biggest thing is to get more people engaged to find those people who threw their hands up in the air and said i'm i'm done screw all this i'm done we need to find those people and somehow bring them back into the fold and explain to them without your participation it's worse than ever so we need you to be part of it well we had an awesome group we had more people people had never been involved we got to keep them engaged and grow from there yeah Absolutely. All right. Well, Tammy Wilson, thank you so much for being part of it today. As always, a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see what happens next. All right. We'll see you later. Thank you so much. Uh, All right, folks, that uh, does it for today. We are out of time. Tomorrow's Firearms Friday. Going to be fun. We will see you then. Be kind. Again, love one another. Live well. Don't, Don't be a Richard, right? Agree to disagree. All those things. I could write a book on that. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Have a good day.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 